you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewyside55, Carlos Fonseca, Brian Reeves, and special guest, Logan Clampett. Hey, guys. How you doing? Pretty good. So, Logan, thanks for joining us again. It's been a long time since you've been on. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Well, you know, it's the start of the season with Daytona this week, and that uh, we just had the Daytona 500, and uh, you're starting the peak race here in about an hour and a half. You have qualifying even a sh- uh, shorter time from that. Uh, so it's right here before the big race. So we thought we'd have you on and you could tell us all about it. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm ready for tonight's race in the Daytona 500 on, I believe it was Saturday or Sunday. Um, I black screened and I was very confused on how that is why it was causing me to black screen so i you know checked everything asked a bunch of people and uh figured out it was my usb cord uh coming loose or not my usb cord my hdmi cord coming loose or either the port uh it's one of the two i still haven't figured it out yet but i made sure the hdmi cord was fully plugged in uh, about two days ago or something and it, it hasn't black screen ever since so just here hoping for the best uh hoping it doesn't black screen and other than that i'm hoping to uh qualify up front and stay up front in tonight's race if uh if i'm in the back then maybe i'll pull out some strategy uh who knows i just want to try and get to the front asap yep yeah, those hardware gremlins, knock on wood, hopefully it's done. But uh, that can be tough, especially where you're in these big races. So uh, so tell us about 2017. I mean, uh, we got you, you're running the Peak Series. You got the black license. Your I rating is 92.34. Uh, what do you got for team and sponsorship going? Uh, actually, I just joined... Uh, nx racing this season and i'm very excited to be over there with those guys they're a bunch of hard workers and they're very quick and respectful so i can't i can't wait to see what the future holds with them and then uh on board the car uh it's going to be racer boost for 15 out of the 16 races of the season and there's going to be three other races auto club which is an official race of the season and then there's the shootout uh just a week ago and then there will be the all-star race which will have uh the cymk scheme jdr graphics uh, which is probably one of my favorite schemes i've ever driven so uh yeah big thanks to uh those two guys and also uh the drill spill for coming on board as a secondary sponsor right yeah, I saw the paint scheme. I think you put it up on Facebook. Why well, it looked really sharp. And um, I tell you what, man, those the team you joined, they're no slouches. I was just looking at the lineup over there, and there's some big names, and uh, you're in good company. Yeah, I I can't wait to, to see um, how I do this season and 
just uh, throughout the season, you know, getting to know them a little better and working with them, get some more experience under my belt for the near future, next couple seasons or something, and hopefully pull out a championship one of these times. Right. So, um, you know, 2017 is looking pretty good. Let's talk a little bit about last season, though. Uh, well, what's your summary of like how your 2016 went, and and did you you know meet it the goals that you set or get close to them? Well, obviously, as almost everyone knows, I missed a quarter of the season, uh, about four races or something. Uh, I don't really know. I forgot, but. Um, I'm glad I overcame that and got 17th in the standings and kept my DWC license and actually pulled off four top fives and around eight top tens. I got a top five, my first career start actually, Texas round five of last year, and then uh, pulled off a win at New Hampshire, uh, holding off the championship contenders PJ Sturgis and Real Fala for the win. Yeah, that was a good one. And, uh, you know, it looks like you're still in a winning mode. I was just looking at your stats. The last 10 races official, uh, guess who won, you know, seven out of 10 of those races? Well, you did. That's uh, pretty pretty stout stats. Thank you. Uh, but one of those uh, that you didn't finish first in was the Daytona 500. So was that the day you had the, the hardware problem? or Correct. It was like on lap five or something. Right. So your Daytona 500 didn't work out. Was that your only start? Yeah, that was, that was my only start, including fixed and open. All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, let's talk about the 500 for everybody else. Uh, Brian, how did you do? I was uh, impressed with how you ran. Tell us about it. Yeah, I did pretty well. Um, I uh, got second in the first open, first and only, or no, first and only fix. Sorry, um, I did I did that and was pleased with the result and decided to spend more time focusing on the open sets. And I ran three of the opens and I think I got wrecked out of every single one of them. I was only able to finish two of the three, um, but I was able to get uh, an 11th out of it. So I'll take that and move on. I'm trying to shoot for top 10s through the whole season and just be consistent. So if this has to be one of the drop weeks, I'll take it. Right. Well, and then Carlos, uh, how was your runs? Uh, you ran the Opens, right? Just one. Right. How'd you do? Uh, eighth place, I think, in a decent celeb race. It wasn't. It was better than what we had on, I guess, Wednesday night. Well, we as in Brad, you know, Brad, me and Brad were in the same race. He finished. He finished fourth, and I finished eighth, and had damage. And someone ran into me on pit road and blamed it all on me, even though he could have just stopped and then turned because he, you know, I was on the inside lane going to my pit box, and this guy just slams into me and. I don't know. I don't like Daytona. I just want to get away from it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you about my race. Uh, Wednesday, uh, we were split number four of 15. And uh, our old buddy Jonathan Dickert uh, wrecks the field in turn two of lap one of the race. And he was up near the front. And he hooked the he bumper hooked the guy in front of him, and it just took most of the field out. It was crazy, but uh, 
he actually posted uh, up some apologies on the forum and and Facebook. Uh, you know, he, he indicates that the biggest mistake I've ever made in my sim racing history, and I feel like crap, and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, uh, big of him to at least apologize, you know, publicly for it. Uh, but anyway, in that race, uh, with teammates Jonathan Wall, uh, wow, Brad Miller, and myself, uh, I actually got a little bit of damage in that wreck and had to deal with it the entire day. Uh, Brad got through it. Uh, John was up front and missed it. But anyway, uh, I, we survived all these big wrecks and uh, ended up in the top 10, all three of us, and um, had a a chance at the win there we just didn't pull it off but john wall finished uh, second brad miller fourth and i finished fifth with all that damage i had so man i'm happy with the top five uh you know based on the situation and and there was all these big wrecks i missed and i was the slowest car out there but i still got a fifth so it worked out really good i'm you know considering i just wish i had more starts uh and i might have been able to get a win so uh brian and tyler and uh james o'brien uh, other teammates jose they all uh no excuse me not jose brian tyler and james o'brien they all wrecked out and then jose finished seventh in his split so nice run for him So with that being said, uh, let you know what do you guys think? Did you see the real Daytona 500? Now that you've seen the uh, NASCAR product, and you know before we cap off the Daytona for the the season here, now that you've seen the real product out there with the stages and the five minute damage clock, I'm going to ask again, and I asked this last week, what would you bring to iRacing? What do you want in iRacing? You know, do we want to try to mimic these new changes that we're seeing in 2017 in NASCAR? What do you think? Negative. What about you, Logan? Did you see the 500? Uh, no. Actually, I actually I saw a few replays. I was at work the whole time, sadly. But I saw a few replays, and I was kind of glad I didn't see that race. Honestly, it it wasn't. It didn't look like. The greatest race plus there were like 10 cars in that lead pack come to the finish i'd heard that there were only five cars without damage that all 35 other cars that were wrecked at some point yeah it was it seemed like all three races uh, almost the whole field wrecked right so I don't know if that's a result of the new changes or what. You know, I think we need to see what happens at Phoenix and Atlanta. Um, I don't know. I see the pretty Daytona. It's just for the 500 at least. None of the wrecks at the end had anything to do with the stages. If, and the other two series, though, I'm pretty sure that all had to do with that. Driving like idiots from lap one to the end. Right. Different. It looked like just a typical Daytona race, Talladega race. At you know, like we saw last year at Dega, I think it was nothing but wrecks. At this point, I I don't think I want to see the stages yet in yeah. i racing. I I think I would I wouldn't mind the five minute damage clock thing. Oh no! Screw that. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the list of cars out on Sunday. 
That was the biggest of cars out I've ever seen. Just because they had some damage. I may have taken maybe just a minute longer to fix, but nope, they had to park it because they went over the time. Okay, so hear me how. If they put that in iRacing, that would stop the where you go and sit for 30 minutes, wait for your engine to be fixed, and then go out there and run around and be in the way just so you can minimize your I-rating damage, you know? And we all do that all the time because we can't lose that I-rating. And, and if they implemented this rule, hey, if the, the damage is more than five minutes, your race is over, you know? If they implemented that, then guess what? You wouldn't have those times you had to do that. It would change that dynamic of it. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be as bad on iRacing just for the fact they don't, we don't have pieces of car falling off. But if you look, half the cars that were out there, they were just half-assing the damage just enough to get back out there. You know, just pieces flapping all over the place. And I don't know. It seemed like it was just ready to create more chaos than help, you know, minimize the damage. I don't know. Right. Yep, so, all right, well, that's the Daytona 500, man. I'm kind of disappointed I didn't get a win, but a top five, uh, you know, Brad and John Wall and I worked really well together in the race we were in together on Wednesday. So, and, you know, as a team, I don't think we got a win. We had a couple second-place finishes, so not too bad. All right, let's jump on to next topics. And that is, what division are you in? And when I went and looked, man, I'm confused. I don't know if I don't understand how this works or what, but I thought I knew how it worked, but apparently not. Because if, because I ran open and fixed. Yeah, I, I ran Thursday too, but I didn't do very well. But, I I was surprised when I looked at the stats that I'm in different divisions in open and in fixed. I have one start in each. My I rating was literally identical for both starts. Yet I'm in third division in open and I'm in second division in fixed. So how does that work? I guess it's participation. I don't know. I really don't like me. I dropped fixed entirely. So. So already those numbers dwindling. I'm sure other people might have done the same thing and maybe they just had to, I don't know, try to figure out how to separate these in different theories. I don't know. I always thought it was based on a solid I rating number. Like last year, I thought it was 3,500 was the bottom of, uh, you know, division one. And we got a lot more people, I think, this year compared to last and that bar has been moved up higher. Well, I'm that's what I'm, you're right. So that there's more people involved. The bar has been moved higher. So it moved me down into, uh, I used to be in open first division. Now I'm in third open division. And I, that's literally the same I rating I had last year at this time. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally the same I rating I was 12 months ago. I don't know who put a post up. I think like, the minimum number was like 4,100, so I just barely missed Division 1. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. Thanks for having me, guys. Sorry, hey, I could be here longer. Hey, good luck uh, tonight on the race, and good luck with the Peak Series, and we'll be watching. Thank you, Mike. 
All right, Logan. We'll see you around. Bye. Logan Clampett, people. Peak driver, black license. Uh, he's going to go get them tonight. All right. Yeah, don't miss that race. Uh, that'll be fun to watch, I think. Yeah, so the divisions, I guess, uh, and I guess in the previous years, I just assumed it would, you know, I would be in the same division in both series. But for whatever reason, I'm, I have different divisions in each series, third in one and second in the other, so... And uh, my buddy Brad Miller, he's actually leading the points right now in the division he's in. Did you see that? No. Yeah, we got a points leader uh, in our team. What is right he in three? Or is he in two as well? I think it's two. I'll have to look again, but he, I, I, I don't remember exactly which one, but he was definitely leading the points and all the racing had been done for the week. So, well, he got like, he got more points the Thursday open that we did. Right. To the Wednesday open that you guys did. We were in the only, well, top split, which was like SOF, like 3,700 or so. I don't remember what the SOF was. He got 250 points. Wow. In that fourth place, and I got 219 or something like that. So I wasn't the only one confused about the division. There was a, a post in the forums, three pages long, with people talking about it. Oh, what series was Brad leading in? The fixed rope, and... I would have to look again. It was one of them. He, he's running both series, so uh, I remember seeing his name at the top. Yeah, he's the Division Three leader. Three, okay. Yeah, with his, his eye rating's pretty darn high, so I was kind of like, well, high compared to me, but... Yeah, I'm surprised he's not a second. Right. Also, oh, maybe that bar's even higher than for Division 1. Right. And Jonathan Wall, he's in there too. So Division 3 as well. So is Doug George. Right. Your division three, I see you there in 13th place and the points. Yep, 13th for a fifth place finish. Let's see where I'm at, you know, while I'm here. Oh, 19th in division two. Yeah, All right, so, so it kind of worked out differently than I thought. I was certain I was going to be division two in both series. I had no idea that this would happen. So, yeah, see if we slept. Brad in Division 2, he would be P4 in points. Yep. So, hell, that's a pretty good result, despite being in a different division. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good points day, 250. Yeah, it's like 249, but yeah, he got pretty, pretty good points. Okay. So... Good start to the season, I would say. You know, most of us got decent points, I would say. So, uh, bring it on, you know. 35 weeks to go. And we'll review, you know, each try to review each week on the podcast, you know, how we ran and what we thought of the race. So, let's talk a little bit about the racing before we move on. What did you think about the 500? It seemed like we were lining up a lot, you know, and getting in a line and... And there wasn't really this pack thing going most of the time. What do you think? 
Well, I can't speak, can't speak other than that one open that I did. The only start I had this week. But I guess we had two completely different types of races. Because mine was split into two deals. We had people running single file, just trying to survive. And then you had people racing every single lap until it was time to pit. It actually did surprisingly well until there was actually another huge one. You know, similar to that. Lap one wreck that took out three quarters of the field, but we had something like that. But after that, it was pretty clean the rest of the race. I think in my splits, people were just, you know, content to line up and, run, you know, let the laps click off. And so, like, the top 20 would just line up in a single line. And if you dared pull out, you were going backwards because... There, but there were times where you would see people pair up and and try to and work their way on the outside and actually go forward. Uh, I was spotting for somebody, uh, I forget who, and I was watching uh, Tyler Hudson, who's an iRacing employee, actually. Tyler Hudson was pushing uh, Christian Challenger. Uh, up, <laughs> up on the outside. Yeah, I think it was your race, Carlos, uh, was it? But anyway, yeah, they were leading they, most of it. Yeah, but Christian was up front, and Tyler was stuck back there. He actually went back and picked up Tyler, and then Tyler pushed him on the outside, up along the outside of this long, you know, conga line, and they actually got, you know, to the front. Eventually, it worked, and uh, they were, as a pair, they were the only pair I've seen do it. I mean, I've seen other groups of people do it when there are three or four cars um, get on the outside that sometimes works too, but it's tough out there and you got to have people committed to run with you out there. If they leave you hanging, you're going back. That's pretty much what happened at the end of that race. Not single file. And it actually looked like nobody was going to even try to win. They tried to, they just ran out of time. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, kind of what happened in most of mine. I mean, we had a couple of early wrecks, you know, around lap 17, and then one around, like, lap 50, and then everybody was like, all right, we're done with this, let's just get it to the end. And just single-filed it and clicked off laps, and we didn't have another caution. So it was, most of my mine went like that. There was maybe one that had a late caution in the end, but, you know, we did a good couple, of, you know, 100, 125 laps green in there in between the uh, the early ones and the late one. But most of them were just single file. You know, you'd get one or two guys who would go out, make a little bit of ground. Nobody would let them in, and then they'd cycle back to the back. It seemed like everybody waited to like the last twenty to kind of make their move. I think of what you of what you just said: 125 laps of green flag runs. You know what? That doesn't even exist in real NASCAR anymore. It's gone. Oh yeah, you can't. Well, you can't do it in the 500 with the way they have the stint set up. If they take those competition cautions out, they could. But with them in there, there you won't get more than an 80 lap run in. I know. That, and, and even as we go to these other tracks, you know, and where we were, you know, it's actually fun to see green flag cycle stops, you know, and and see Harvick kick their ass, you know, and stuff like that, you know, and that's all gone. You know, you think about it, and you're like. Wow, these long green flag runs that we're doing in iRacing, that we won't see those at all. You know, they're gone, gone, gone. Wow. Yeah, that's how I picked up that second. I ended up picking picking two positions up through fuel strategy. Some people made bad decisions and had to shortstop it at the end and picked off two. And then uh, 
through those green flag stops, I was able to pick off, you know, a couple here and there and work my way to the front of a line and then just kept the rest behind me. Yeah, I figured yeah. they would just, like, test out this whole segment deal in the other two series, and then if they like to go to the Cup, they should have just left it to the Xfinity and trucks and they just leave the Cup series alone. Right. Yeah, they've got those two feeder series that they could try these rules with before they make the changes in the big show. I don't know why they change it all like that. Brian France is an idiot. That's why. But regardless, uh, all right, let's jump to the next topic. Uh, Carlos, your uh, track guides are back. It looks like you got some uh, people uh, talking about it or promoting it, and you're involved with uh, Matt Busa. Tell us about what this is go what this video is about. Well, if you remember the whole Outlap segment deal they used to do six years ago, seven, right. five years ago, something like that, they used to have it on their uh, actual iRacing uh, page. So Matt had the idea of bringing that back. They with Nolan Scott and the other guy involved with what was it NX NX Racing, I think. Yep. And it seems like every week you get they're gonna have like. Different people doing all that, like, like black, like black stripers. Yeah, or just people that are fast, right? And yeah. then what? And then you're going to help by you know editing do, or whatever. Just do what I always did on my other videos. Just the same commentary, all that crap. Okay. Just with the help so of you're them. you're hosting it, but it's not you driving. That's what I'm hearing. It's more like Nolan Scott's hosting him by, you know, he's doing the video editing for most of the part, except for Daytona, that was all me this week. And, okay. like I said, this week is Matt doing the lap, driving in, I was supposed to do something, like, talking about it, but I, back to them guys, and it's probably late to get back to them guys, because they're dealing with peak. So I don't know what the plan is for this week, I might have to do it again myself. I have the lap from Boone, and he's freaking quick at Atlanta. Just see his fixed lap and fixed weather is faster than my open set. Well, yeah, it, you know, it's going to be uh, fun to watch these. And like you said, when we're to get somebody really fast and you can see the throttle input, you know, obviously you go over that in detail, uh, the throttle and brake input. And boy, if you can learn it off of that and match it, man, maybe you can pick up some time. I think I've picked up time watching your videos before. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This should be pretty cool. It was funny, though, that I was able to go out there, do the same, you know, set up temperature and track settings that they use in the video, and ran actually uh, half a tenth quicker. But it's, you know, Daytona. You either right. get time or lose time. Okay, next up, uh, Twitter from iRacing, uh... Boyer's dirt car in action with iRacing on the hood. Remember, they had the day scheme and the night scheme, and the night scheme was with uh, iRacing as the primary sponsor and Peak as a secondary. So anyway, it's got iRacing as the primary sponsor on the dirt car uh, late model. That was at Volusia Speedway, uh, and that's only like 20 miles from Daytona. And so it had all the NASCAR people there to watch it and whatnot, and it was a big race, obviously. So... Uh, pretty cool to see the car in action and uh, out there in the dirt.
And the next up was another Twitter where uh, they're talking about we're back on NASCAR on NBC uh, doing the Parker Kligerman uh, iRacing Simulator segment. And I think, wasn't it a couple of our teammates were talking about getting in, trying to get involved with that? Yeah, I think it was me and Brad. Yeah, what, how did you get in, invited yet or what? Well, I don't know how that worked. Brad is the one who's in charge of all that. Because he got an email that you're supposed to email them to see if you can use the segment. Or be in the segment. Right. And then, I don't know, you got it from Steve Moore and that's all we know. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a, obviously, I you know, lots of different iRacers are involved in this because they need people to be on the track. Um, so, yeah, I do believe you have to get invited and whatever. So, I hope it works out for you guys. Can run it. It'd be pretty cool. Well, it's open to get Kligerman on here and we can talk to him about it. We kind of slept off that one week when we wanted to ask him and we never got back in time. It's kind of lost touch there. We'll try and we might try to get him next time we see him. Right. Just to see if we can have him as a guest. So uh next up uh Oh yeah, and then obviously, you know, there's a video of the Parker Kligerman uh segment. You know, you can get it on NBCSports.com, and it's obviously on cable TV as well and uh, but it's pretty cool. The video's been on Facebook and all over. It gets a lot of attention, so. All right, next up was an announcement by, um, it was a press release, basically, by iRacing. Peak extends the sponsorship of the NASCAR Peak Antifree Series, uh, which starts tonight that we were talking to Logan Clampett about. And so Peak is back on board through... 2019 at least so wow that's a pretty big uh, deal for iRacing to get uh, continuous sponsorship for the top series uh, on the oval side uh, pretty cool yeah that's really nice that they're committing to a longer thing like that where we actually get some backing from a big sponsorship that's been with us for a while that likes the product and likes where we're going yeah and, and they're sponsoring three of the drivers uh, as well on their cars uh, Michael Conti, Josh Berry, and Corey Vincent. And then Tony Gardner, here's a quote from him, the the leader over at iRacing. Speaking on behalf of more than 65,000 iRacers around the world, I couldn't be happier than to know Peak will be with us for another three years. Not only has Peak been instrumental in the growth of NASCAR Peak Antifree Series powered by iRacing, their support of drivers like Michael, Josh, and Corey has contributed significantly to the growth of online racing. They obviously like the product a lot, and they're willing to stand behind it as they move forward with everything. They're, I mean, they're obviously willing to split the sponsorship with iRacing on the dirt cars, so they're liking the what they're what they're seeing with that as well. Yeah, yeah, it extends out onto real racing sponsorship, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so they run Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, opening round is tonight. There's going to be over $25,000 in cash and prizes, along with a NASCAR Champions ring during the NASCAR Ford Championship weekend at Homestead, Miami. 
So I think that purse is bigger than before, too. So congratulations, iRacing. Uh, that's, a, that's a big win right now. So I, it's better than not having a sponsor and not having prize money, you know? That's right. The more sponsorships we have, the better for it. Okay. Next topic. Somebody posted up uh, in the complaint department on the forums. Does the Gen 6 damage model need work? Yes or no? And so I thought, you know, we would talk about it a little bit. What do you guys think? Is it is it work? Is it close? Is it not even close? It needs I could use a little, yeah, I could use some work. Yeah. I kind of wish we had a damage model like BeamNG or something like that. Just, you know, that's really really good crash physics on that game. But that'd be kind of hard to implement when you're already pushing things to the limit for physics. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion about this on this forum, but I think it was John Hammer, if I recall, he was saying it would be something if you could look at the damage on the car and what you see broken is actually broken. Like if, like for example, the let's say the left shock is completely broken and and it doesn't work, then the car physics would behave in such a way that the left shock felt like it was broken, you know, and and that's what he's saying. He says what he as a crew chief when he's looking at his team, his driver's cars, and he's looking at the damage from outside the car, it's not matching up with you know, how the car is driving at that moment, you know, that it doesn't visually match how the, you know, the damage, the actual damage of the car, I should say. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would agree with that. This is not like driving a Porsche into the wall and having the engine blow somehow. Even though the engine's in the back and you hit the front, blows up That's somehow. a new one. Yeah, that's exactly. A one. That, that's a perfect example, right? Yeah, something can be said about all the mid-engine cars. You can hit the front end and blows the rear end. But yeah, it needs work. Yeah. Or they can but, just put the five-minute clock in effect, and there you go. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Do the five-minute clock and forget about it. Yeah, who cares? But, you know, that would, you know... The five-minute clock obviously should only be on NASCAR racing, not on the roadside or anything like that. So you still have those problems, just like you said, run the Porsche into the wall and blow the engine. That's not the only issue. If you bump into the actual tire wheel of another car, it's an automatic 12 minutes required. No matter how light or hard you hit it, it's automatic 12 minutes. It has been for me. Right. Which car is this? Any car. There's been mostly GT cars is when it's happened to me. I've had a number of occasions where I just touch the right rear wheel or left rear wheel, any of the rear wheels for some reason. If you barely touch it or slam into it, 12 minutes required. All right, next up. 
uh, something pretty darn funny I found on social media. Some guy, there was a video somebody put up of some some guy that looks like ZZ Top. He's got this huge beard. But he's playing iRacing, and he's got a camera on himself as well in the corner. And, and he's just racing along at Daytona. And uh, all of a sudden, everything freezes. Virus scan is about to start, and the McAfee little pop-up, you know, pops up in front of the iRacing and interrupts his race, and he makes him wreck. And uh, it's pretty funny, actually. Oh, my God. That pissed me off. See, that's the same bullcrap that happens with Windows 10. Except it doesn't cut your controls like that. Interestingly, the guy is very calm throughout the whole ordeal. Yeah, like he not really upset. React. Yeah, he doesn't really have a reaction. He's just like, oh, you know, it's just... But, uh, yeah, it was kind of funny, I thought. Because this happens to everybody at some point. He's just going along, and then it goes black, and then he sees the pop-up, and it's too late. He's in the wall. Uh, okay, so... Next up... NASCAR.com actually promoting the big race tonight, the NASCAR peak antifreeze iRacing season. And uh, just, you know, getting some press, you know, from the big boys over at NASCAR.com and thought I would just say, hey, you know, thanks for putting that out and, you know, driving up the uh, promotion of this. And I'm sure, you know, if you look on social media right now, you'll probably see NASCAR tweeting about it as well. So, yeah, kudos for NASCAR also getting involved and, in, in, uh, you know, promoting this series and, and helping people understand what it's about and, you know, getting people's eyeballs to watch it. Okay, next up, Jonathan Boutel from France. He, he actually lives, I think, at the track of Le Mans, or he lives close to it. And he was the guy who kind of helped get that going and that whole track done um, with iRacing. But regardless, this guy is an animal. He put together this Google document uh, track map of the Le Mans track, as well as turn-by-turn -turn documentation with visual effects or visual aids that show where the out-of-bounds is on each and every turn. Oh, it's super forgiving compared to other tracks. And he, like, has a picture of the track, and it shows, like, the curbing and even the pavement beyond the curbing. And then he paints on top of that a big red stripe that's kind of the no-go zone. Don't go here. And it kind of, you know, gives you a point of how far you can push it before you get it to that out-of-bounds where you get the black flag. So did you see this thing, Carlos? Is it helpful? I was just like, wow, this is impressive. Yeah, it's, it's helpful, but it's kind of something you figure out pretty much right away just because it nails you for everything if you go over these certain limits. And it's not consistent. Like, there's some corners you can get away with it, and there's some you can't. Like, one I'm looking in that really hard braking zone after the long straight, the first one. Right. There's a cone there on the side, and sometimes it's in the shade, so it's really hard to see. 
But you can actually go off track there as long as you don't touch that cone. Stay to the inside of it while you're making your arc. You can you'll get away with a not a one X or a cut track. Oh, I whacked that cone today in practice. It didn't give me a one X or anything. Well, there's sometimes if you go over it just enough, it'll nail you for a slowdown, which is kind of stupid in my opinion. But okay. Can you imagine if we had these rules with the new Watkins Glen for the cup cars? <laughs> There'd be off tracks going. There'd be at least a hundred parades. So it's kind of a neat little track guide, I guess you could call it. Uh, and if you're interested no. in the Lama track, I would at least take a, a sixty seconds and take a glance at it. Yeah, it's a really, really nice. Uh presentation he's got here with everything and all these screenshots that where he shows you how far you can and can't go it's really helpful I mean it, like Carla says though a lot of it's forgiving because there's a lot like the the 90 right after Indy um, I you can kind of go over that curbing a little bit don't put more than like half the car over it but you can kind of use more than what's shown in some of these pictures yeah, unlike Spa, where you touch a green area, it's a 1x on instantly. Yeah, yeah, or Sebring, where if you step out on that hard 90, you can sit there. It looks like there's a little patch out there, but if you touch it, you're, you're getting an X. Yeah, it is a nice presentation. I think Jonathan did a, uh, a great job putting it together. And I want to see one for Nürburgring now. <laughs> okay, John, you've been challenged. <laughs> He's probably, you know how long he probably spent making this? I mean, it, he, like like Brian yeah. said, it looks really good. And there's a lot of Photoshop stuff going on where he's laying stuff on top of each other. And, and uh, yeah, it's a good presentation for sure. Not to mention the time it took him to figure out where all those spots actually are. Right. Time on the track, right. Yep, yep. Okay, pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. I'll go find that on the uh, forums. It's called Lamar Track Limits Guide. Now, I don't have a link, but I have notes in my uh, notebook here about a post that David Tucker put up, and I thought it was interesting. It's something we've uh, reviewed before, uh, but I wanted to remind people, when you do the F9 black box, while you're in the car, you'll see after you've done a couple laps, the auto button uh, in the bottom right of that F9 box. And uh, you click it and it resets the force feedback based on that car and the track you're on. And one thing that David Tucker wrote, I'm going to read here. You want to use this button every time you change cars or load a new setup. The forces coming from the car can change a lot depending on the car, track, and setup, and this button helps you find a good balance between a mushy force feedback or an overly saturated force feedback and helps you get the most out of your wheel as well. So that's the first time I've heard that where, you know, I remember when he first put the button in there. And I would do it like once or, you know, a couple times just to, you know, I, but he's saying now, he, he, I think he's clarifying, 
hey, you should actually do this every time you change cars and tracks and setups, actually. Yeah, I wasn't aware to change it every track or car or setup. I just found a good medium that kind of worked with everything and made sure the wheel didn't clip. Yeah. So maybe I'll look at that more often and just see it. I'll click it and see how much it changes, you know. Because once you click that button, it you can see, because that's where the force feedback number is. You can see the number, what it, you have it currently set to, and then the auto button comes up. You click the auto button, it'll change the number right then and there. So you can see visually, it'll change from 19 to 16 or whatever, you know. Yeah, I just, I hit it again right here when we were doing the 500, um, just to kind of get it set for that. And uh, it definitely set it a little lower than it was before, but not much. I mean, if you go from running, you know, like uh, one of these cup cars and then go jump in the Indy car, definitely change it. But, you know, for most of the, the cup car stuff and the road car stuff, it's mostly, it's it's pretty even on mine. But, I mean, if you go jump in something like one of those Indy cars without any um, power steering in them, you're definitely going to have to adjust it. Yep, I think a lot of iRacers aren't doing this, so that's kind of why I wanted to talk about that again. Okay. Next up was Facebook uh, post by iRacing. They had a, some iRacing team members down there at the 500, and they went to that dirt race at Volusia, obviously. Um, anyway, they put up some pictures, and I uh, thought that was pretty cool to see the pictures there of their trip down to Daytona. Uh, they met up with uh, none other than Ty Majeski who they also sponsor in his late model. Uh, and then they went over and saw Clint Boyer racing at the Dirt Oval uh, over there at Volusia. So uh, pictures of all those events and pictures of them with Ty. Uh, so pretty cool to see him. And you know, at least they're getting a personal hookup there and while they're down there in Florida. Okay. All right, next up. Is simability.com. There was some thread in the forum about this uh, company. And that's their website. It's called simability. And um, they offer hand controls for sim racers. So for people that are. Uh, disabled in some way where uh, they can't use pedals or you know some kind of scenario like that and they need hand controls this company does stuff like that so um, have you heard of this stuff it's pretty cool I have not this looks really really neat yeah so this uh, there's a thread uh, in the forums on this from started back in 2015 so it's been around a while the website indicates uh they didn't have much activity but they were returning soon um perhaps as soon as march and um and so it sounds like they're gearing up to go back into business so to speak or uh, i don't know if they were out of business but based on their website it keeps saying returning august 2017 or it says uh 
Manufacturing will be closed until March 2017. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the products that I'm looking at with as far as the pictures and the, the different things they have available, it looks pretty cool. Like they have a Thrustmaster wheel where there's an inner ring and an outer ring kind of uh, in front of it that I assume you use that. That's your gas and brake, right? Yeah, that's what I'm seeing as well. It looks like an old school rally shifter setup. Right. Yeah, so, and it just kind of straddles the wheel and and gives you that extra thing where you can, you know, control that via your hands, I guess. So, pretty cool. I really didn't know this kind of existed until I saw this. I don't know where I found it, but. Yeah, this is really, really neat. I'm glad somebody's doing this. The only thing I see is it only looks like they're supporting Thrustmaster's products. Right. Yeah, I think this, uh, w what happened was this is actually an older thread that somebody resurrected from the dead. Um, but regardless, uh, pretty cool. Check that out. And let's go into final thoughts. Uh, Carlos, what do you got? Um, I don't know. Glad to be away from Daytona. Finally go to a, you know, a track where you can make your own destiny, I guess. Really Atlanta, it. huh? All right. And uh, Brian, what do you got for final thoughts? I'm excited, ready to get on to the next place. Um, glad to uh, had at least one good finish at Daytona. Um, I was hoping to get a little bit better with the Open with those three starts, but it's kind of just a roll of the dice at all those plate tracks. So we'll see if we can uh, finish up a little higher here in the... Uh, in one of these uh, tracks where you can actually kind of pick a line and make some moves and see if we can uh, can't do a little better. Yep, yep. Uh, so my yeah, my final thoughts. I think you know Daytona. It was a good run for the team. We didn't get a win, uh, but you know what? We had a lot of top tens. We had a lot of top fives. We had a couple seconds uh, amongst the team. So overall, it was a pretty good, you know, pretty successful week. I think it was a good start for the season. And, uh, you know, on to Atlanta. I'm a little hesitant because my bread and butter is always the restrictor plates. Uh, we're going to Atlanta and Phoenix. Boy, you know, I'm going to get my butt handed to me probably. Or I'm going to be fairly slow compared to others. But I know how to survive these races. So... I'm kind of hoping for races of attrition, but we'll see how it goes, you know. So uh, we'll see. Uh, been a good to speed weeks and um, and happy to get the season going and uh, excited to watch the peak race tonight at, at Daytona. It should be pretty cool. So uh, we're going to have more guests on. I actually have a list of potential guests who have contacted us, and it's just a matter of scheduling and getting everybody uh, on. So that's coming up. Make sure to hit us up if you want. Uh, right on Facebook at iRacers Lounge or Twitter at iRacers Lounge. And uh, we're, we're happy to hear show ideas, topic ideas, or if you want to be a guest, you know, reach out and we'll get you on. So with that, I'll see you later. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track. Thank you.